Welcome to the Small Business Tax Savings Podcast, your weekly dose of accounting and tax tips specific to small business owners. You will be on your way to growing your business and paying the least amount in taxes as legally possible. Here's your host, Mike Jezoshek, CPA. Hello and welcome back. Today we're going to be talking about tax strategies for W-2 earners. And, you know, we talk a lot about tax strategies around small business, and that's the focus of, of what we work on. But we oftentimes get a lot of W-2 earners or people that don't have a small business or maybe don't have a small business yet saying, what options are available out there? And I thought it'd be great to do an episode on that because not only is this helpful for them, but most of these strategies that we talk about would be helpful for those that are business owners or as well, or maybe those that are business owners that have W-2 income along with a business. They maybe have a day job with a side hustle business. So let's dive into this. What tax strategies are available for W-2 earners? And you know, one thing to know is that for the most part, all of these strategies are still available again for small business owners. So this isn't just W-2 earners. This would be W-2 earners and small business owners. But what we're going to be discussing mainly is retirement plans, health savings accounts, rental properties, starting a business, and then some various other options as well. And I want to kind of preface this by saying that these are the top strategies for those that are earning, you know, $300,000 or less. Once you top that $300,000 mark, it opens up the doors for some more advanced planning. Now, we're still going to want to take advantage of everything that we talk about today. But if your household income, W-2 income is over $300,000, it opens up the door for some more advanced type tax planning. That could be advanced planning around charitable strategies, maybe oil and gas investing, maybe investing in solar and things like that. So just keep that in mind that if you're under $300,000, these strategies are perfect for you. If you're over $300,000 in income, you're going to say, yeah, let's make sure we're doing all of these strategies, but let's also maybe look at some more advanced planning for high income earners as well. So let's start off with the question, you know, what tax planning around retirement is available for W-2 employees? So first things first, let's talk about the retirement options that most employers offer. These could be a simple IRA, a 401k, maybe a 403b. And depending on your plan and and which of those options that your employer has for you, you're going to have pre-tax contributions and potentially after-tax Roth contributions that you can make. Let's talk about pre-tax versus after-tax. Pre-tax is any pre-tax contributions that you make to a retirement plan will reduce your taxable income. So let's say you're in the 24% tax bracket and you make a contribution of $10,000 into a pre-tax retirement account, you're going to save $2,400 in taxes. Basically, just take whatever contribution you're making times the tax bracket, marginal tax bracket that you're in, and that's going to be your tax savings for that year. Now, the downside here is that when you take this money out in retirement, you're going to get taxed. So when you make pre-tax contributions, you get a tax deduction. You're not taxed on that. You can reduce your taxable income by that amount when you contribute to that retirement plan. But when you withdraw in retirement, you pay taxes on that. So think of this strategy as more like a tax deferral. Get a tax break today, but pay taxes later on. The other options for your employee contributions, after-tax contributions, which is essentially a Roth. In any Roth contributions you make to a retirement plan, do not reduce your taxable income. So you get no tax break today. But with that being said, when you start to take those funds out in the future, when you hit retirement age, you're not taxed. 
So with this strategy, you do not get a tax benefit today, but you do later on. Pay taxes today, get a tax break later on. And so many W-2 owners that we work with and talk to do a combination of these two. The other thing for W-2 owners that we highly recommend is taking full advantage of any type of match that your company is offering. This is free money into your retirement account that your company is offering. So if you're if there's any kind of match that your employer says, hey, you know, we'll match up to X amount, make sure you're at least taking it taking advantage up to that amount. Outside of your company retirement plan, you can also look at a traditional or Roth IRA contribution that you can make. Now, there are income limits on these that once you hit certain income limits, they may start to phase out or become not available. But with that being said, we also have kind of that backdoor Roth IRA option if you phase out from an income tax point. So we talk about those limits, the backdoor in uh, different episodes that we did, different blog posts that we did. We talked about traditional and Roth IRA contribution and income limits and what is a Roth IRA and why is it so powerful? And we talked about that backdoor Roth IRA there as well. So check out previous episodes we did on that. But yeah, when it comes to retirement, there is planning opportunities available. It just comes down to whether you want to do pre-tax or after-tax contributions or some type of mixture between the two. And then we also suggest at a minimum contributing up to your employer match amount. Now let's talk about health savings account. What tax planning opportunities does a health savings account provide to W-2 employees? And a health savings account and HSA is just one strategy that we recommend to both W-2 employees and business owners if they qualify. And we have an entire blog post and podcast episode you know, titled, What is an HSA and how do they work? There's going to be links into the main article for this. But as a summary, with a health savings account and HSA, you get a tax deduction for the funds that you contribute into an HSA. Withdrawals are tax-free if they're used for qualified medical expenses. And interest or earnings that you have within that HSA are not taxed. So it really is kind of a rare tool. The IRS lets you win on both ends. The contribution and the withdrawal are tax-free. So for this reason, we recommend everybody be maxing out their HSA contributions if you qualify and can afford it. And so the main thing in order to qualify for an HSA is to have a high deductible health plan. And that's kind of the main qualifier to say, hey, can we have an HSA or not? Now, many people we talk about with an HSA say, Mike, I'm healthy. I don't, I don't need medical costs. I don't have medical costs. So why would I contribute to an HSA? And again, we want to look at the tax benefits. You get a tax deduction going in, reducing your income. Anything growth within that HSA is tax-free. And when you withdraw for qualified medical expenses, it's tax-free. And if you don't need to withdraw for qualified medical expenses, let that thing build up. Think of it almost as another retirement account, another savings vehicle that whenever health situations might hit, because at some point in your life, there will likely be some type of health cost. Now you can use this money that's tax-free versus using maybe retirement funds or different things like that. So for those of you that are young, healthy, don't think of this HSA as something like, I don't need to do it because I'm healthy. I don't need that opportunity. No, no, no. Use this as a saving vehicle. Use this as a vehicle to help grow that money tax-free. If you put $1,000 into an HSA today and let it sit in there for 20 years, any growth along that 20 years is tax-free assuming when you pull that out in 20 years, you're using it for qualified medical expenses. So make sure you're with a provider or using a system that allows you to invest in those funds because if you're not going to be using it, we want to make sure we're gaining more than just, say, a, a, a low interest amount for a savings account. We want to make sure you're investing that. Now, you can 
do uh, self-directed. So you can self-direct your HSA. There's also, you can use brokerage accounts, things like that to use the HSA to invest in other things. So definitely keep that in mind. The next topic we're going to talk about is what tax planning around rental properties is available to W-2 employees. Now, we love the idea of using rental properties to not only save on taxes, but also grow your wealth. And we put together a whole series on this topic. We did a summary series a couple of weeks ago, but we have our ultimate guide to real estate taxes. You can find that at taxsavingspodcast.com forward slash real estate. But I want to kind of touch on some of the high points. So we, we go through a lot of how real estate can not only be a great tax saving strategy, but also can be an awesome tool for growing your wealth. Check out that guide if you want to learn more about real estate, more about kind of the details of the tax piece of it. But let's talk about some high points and how real estate can be such a cool tool for W-2 income earners to utilize. Now, rental properties oftentimes produce a loss in the early years, and that's because you're able to take advantage of depreciation. On top of all the other op- normal operating costs that come with a rental property, you also get depreciation. Now, the downside is that generally speaking, you cannot use passive losses, which are rental activity, to offset W-2 income. Now, that isn't necessarily a bad thing because those passive losses will carry forward and offset future passive income once you start to have a profit. So they're not gone forever, but you're just delaying the advantage of taking those losses. But with that being said, there are some strategies that you can use to have rental losses offset W-2 income. There's three main ones I want to talk about. One, become an active investor. If you're under certain income limits, you can claim up to $25,000 in real estate losses from your property if you actively participate in managing it. So that's an easy one to check off. If you're under that income limit, you can claim $25,000 per year uh, as rental losses. If you're over that income limit or you want to take more, you can look at qualifying as a real estate professional. Now, qualifying as a real estate professional can be quite hard to do, especially when you're a W-2 income earner. But if you have a spouse that maybe is not a W-2 income earner, currently doesn't work, we could have them qualify as a real estate professional, which then we can take real estate losses to offset our W-2 income. And then the final piece is a short-term rental loophole or strategy. If your average rental day is seven days or less and you provide substantial services, Any losses that occur within that short-term rental can actually be used to offset your W-2 income. Again, with all these things, you need to ensure that you're doing things correctly, making sure that you're following the rules correctly, know what you need to do. So I would definitely recommend if real estate is starting to pique your interest, like, hey, there's some opportunity there. Check out some of the past episodes we did. Check out our ultimate guide to real estate taxes to learn more about those options. Again, you can find that guide at taxsavingspodcast.com forward slash real estate. The next question we want to talk about is starting a business. As we kind of talk about throughout our blog, our podcast, our TV channel, starting a business is one of the easiest ways to turn after-tax spending into pre-tax spending. Essentially, this allows you to take tax deduction for the spending that you may already be doing, but you currently get no deduction for because you're a W-2 employee. Now, Is there any side business that you could start? A business doesn't have to be a full-time gig. You can have a side business. You can have a side hustle that's generating income and taking advantage of the tax strategies that we talk about all the time available to small business owners. So think about, you know, is there opportunities there? Again, take advantage of the retirement options, whether it's pre-tax contributions on the employee side, whether that's after-tax contribution, Roth contributions on the employee side, 
as well as making sure that you're taking full advantage of any kind of match that your employer is offering. As in, if you want to do additional retirement planning, you can do a traditional IRA or Roth IRA after that as well. Then we talk about a health savings account. I think everybody that has a high deductible health plan should have a health savings account and maximizing it out because you get a tax deduction going into it. Your funds inside grow tax-free. And when you take funds out, it's tax-free as well. And then we also talked about rental properties. Rental properties can be a great opportunity to offset W-2 income as well as starting a business. Any spending you do as a W-2 employee is after-tax spending. How can we start to move some of that after-tax spending into pre-tax spending and get a business deduction for it? Think of things like hiring your kids. You're supporting your kids anyways, but now you have a side hustle. You hire them within that side hustle. You have the opportunity to get a tax deduction. They pay no income taxes on that. But other than that, what other tax plan strategies are there? They have, you know, we could talk about itemized deduction versus standard deduction. Now, traditionally, you can claim the standard deduction or itemized deduction, whichever is higher. If you have itemized deductions that are close to your standard deduction, you can consider bunching your itemized deductions. And basically, this means that you would try to get all of your itemized deductions in one year where you would take the itemized deductions and the next year the standard. And then again, you do the same thing the other the next year. So you might prepay some mortgage interest. You might prepay some uh, real estate taxes. You might give gifts to charity for a full next year ahead of time to bunch them all in one year. So when we look at itemized deductions, those things include medical and dental expenses. You know, Typically, we don't see too many people taking advantage of this unless you have high costs because it has to be above 7.5% of your, your AGI. We talk about state and local taxes. Those are capped. Uh, mortgage interest, gifts to charity, things like that. Another tool that we see uh, W-2 incomers use is a flexible spending account, an FSA. And basically, an FSA allows you to pay for certain items with pre-tax money. Essentially, you get a tax deduction for the contribution and the withdrawals are tax-free if used for qualifying expenses. Now, the biggest downside traditionally to an HSA is that it's a use-it-or-lose-it plan. So just ensure if you go down the FSA route, you're monitoring you know, what you're putting in and making sure you're not putting in more than you can actually use. And so there's two types of FSAs that we typically see. The healthcare, this would be an alternative to uh, HSA, a health savings account, if you don't qualify. And the other most common one we see is dependent care, uh, flexible spending account, dependent care FSA. And this is for employment-related dependent care services. So think of things like after-school programs, daycare, nanny, things like that. The other area that we see a lot of people take advantage of is college savings. You know, you can contribute to a 529 plan for college savings. And although there's no federal deduction for a 529 plan contribution, your state may offer a tax deduction. So you can get some tax savings there for funding a college account. And, you know, the final piece I want to just reiterate again is we kind of talked about in the beginning, as your income starts to grow, it's going to open up the door to some more advanced planning that may be available to you as a W-2 incomer. You know, this is advanced planning is what we do a lot of for high incomers. I typically say $300,000, $400,000 or more in household income is when this door opens up. And this could be advanced planning around charitable, charitable activities, advanced planning around investing in solar, maybe oil and gas type investing. There's a lot of opportunities available on that advanced planning as long as you kind of hit that income amount. Now, we're not going to dive into that in this episode because it can get a little bit more complex and it's not going to be relevant to you know all the listeners. So if you're interested in that, check out our tax minimization program. We go through all sorts of advanced type tax strategies. So I hope this was helpful for you W-2 employees out there. Hopefully this gives you a little glimpse 
into how valuable tax planning can be and some of the options available to you. Again, when a W-2 incomer comes to me, the first thing I always tell them is, first off, start a business, start a side hustle, start to earn some income outside of your W-2 that you could probably offset a good portion of that with expenses and spending that you're already doing. So now you're just earning money without paying taxes on it because we're offsetting that income with everyday expenses that you might have, home office, hiring our kids, meals, travel, all those types of sort of things. So I always say, if you're a W-2-er, what's some ways that you can start to offset or, or, or save on taxes, start a business, or utilize a rental property? Those are kind of two low-hanging fruit that you can utilize. Again, you'd want to have a spouse that could potentially qualify as a real estate professional or utilize a short-term rental loophole. Then we also talk about retirement. Of course, you can do a traditional or Roth IRA, or you can contribute your employee contribution to your employer retirement account. Again, another strategy is HSA. That's a beautiful tool to have in your pocket. And it's just part of some of the investments that you're doing. Itemized deductions versus standard deduction. You might look at bunching itemized deductions. You might look at utilizing a flexible spending account or setting up a 529 plan for college savings for your children. And if you've done all that, you've done all those strategies and you still have taxable liability and you're a high income earner, that's when we're going to look into advanced planning. So hopefully this was helpful. I wanted to take a little break out of business and talk about you W-2 income earners that are listening and saying, hey, you always talk about business. What about us W-2 income earners? Well, here's that episode for you. Here's where you can get dive in and start to think about the tax strategies available to you. As well as remember, most of these tax strategies are still relevant for business owners as well, just added on top of everything else that we talk about. So thank you for listening to another episode and I will see you next week. This has been another episode of the Small Business Tax Savings Podcast. If you enjoy our weekly episodes, please leave a review and share with other business owners. You can find previous episodes and more information at www.taxsavingspodcast.com. Thanks for listening and have a great day.